0: Well, good evening, good morning, whatever the time of day is where you are. Welcome to New on Netflix UK. This is an entirely uh, unofficial uh, podcast about the new films and the new TV programmes that have appeared on Netflix uh, in the UK recently. Uh, Rob, what are we looking at this month?
1: This month, we are looking at Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga, we're looking at Rick and Morty,
0: Season 4, and we're looking at The Old God. So first of all, here is a clip from the Eurovision film. Huh, huh. Ever since we were children, we've had one dream. Huh, huh, huh. Winning the Eurovision Song Contest. Huh, 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 huh,
1: huh, huh. Alright everyone, I'm Lars, this is Secret. we are Fire Saga! Who wants to hear our Eurovision song? Huh. So Eurovision Song Contest, the story of Fire Saga. Um, I should say as a disclaimer uh, at the beginning of this that I have had um, a fair amount of, uh, what should I say, a surge in my interest in Eurovision over the last few years. And I don't know what to put this down to. I am on a WhatsApp group that is one of the most passionate Eurovision WhatsApp groups that you could ever uh, encounter. Um, but it's more than that. I think maybe I've reached a stage of my life where... Uh, I have gone beyond caring so much about um it being uncool to like Eurovision and so therefore um I do like it I think I like the pantomime I like um everything about it and clearly this film uh, does feel the same feels the same as me strangely it's a US production it's um, you know it's a big budget uh, American production um w- you know America's not involved in Eurovision but yeah it's still uh, managed to make a fairly accurate portrayal of um, Eurovision. Um, anyway, it's directed by David Dobkin, who has been involved in those kind of generic um, comedies out of Hollywood, like Shanghai Nights, Wedding Crashes. Um, but he's also been a maker of music videos for bands such as Extreme, Sonic Youth, Elton John, Coolio, Maroon Five. Um, and in fact, he's making his next film is a documentary about Maroon Five. So he's clearly got some. Uh, music video background and that really really does show in this production um it's written by will Farrell and andrew Steele, and will ferrell is the sort of main star um who plays an icelandic um uh, alongside rachel mcadams an icelandic um musician who uh with rachel mcadams character uh decides to try and enter the original song contest and um hilarity ensues and it does it is funny um it's not that funny but it's funny. Um also stars Dan Stevens as a sort of um antagonist as it were this sort of Russian um over the top uh parody of uh, a sort of Russian guy um acting like a sort of alpha male. Um It's also got Pierce Brosnan as um, Will Ferrell's dad, who is a sort of disapproving father. He doesn't approve of him um, uh, following his dream and becoming this Eurovision um, entrant. I should just point out that Will Ferrell is aged 53 in real life, and Pierce Brosnan is aged 67. So not quite sure they could Really, be uh, father and son, but never mind that 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 bum note. Um, so, Will Will Ferrell's obviously written a lot of films: Anchorman, Talladega Nights, The Battle of the Bobby, and Step Brothers. These are these are big, well-known films. Um, it's got a really fantastic bit in sort of about a uh, third of the way through, where the sort of ex-Eurovision winners, people who have won Eurovision in the last few years, if you follow it, for the uber fans, this is a brilliant sequence. Um, you get to see all the all the people who uh, you've really liked the songs of, or you've really enjoyed their personalities. Um, what else can I say about this film? Uh, it's got a running theme of elves throughout it, due to it being made in Iceland, and uh, Graham Norton makes a very quite a long appearance actually. So they've done well to get him Um, the songs are okay they're not particularly memorable so the different songs that this band uh, comes up with as it's trying to find the correct hit to win Eurovision or whatever is good Um, but I think what Strikes me most about this film is that it's it's too long. It's just it's just at least half an hour too long. It it needs to be much more punchy, much more poppy in that regard. You know, it's like the equivalent of wanting a, a sort of two minutes, two or two and a half minute song rather than a four minute song. Um, because it's, it needs to be more bubblegum. It needs to be more poppy. It needs to be more um accessible and appealing, and and just a bit quicker to get through its gags. Um, I can't really remember much about how funny. It was. It was kind of funny. I had moments where I laughed. I had a lot of other moments where I was going, where's this going, what's the point? So it's, it's a quite uneven film. It is, it's it is in the end of the day, though, it is fun lockdown viewing. It's, it's uh, a happy film. It's not going to make you unhappy. It's going to entertain you, and that's probably what a lot of us need at the moment.
0: So we always look at a 1 out of 10 review and a 10 out of 10 review from the Cardiff Internet Movie Database, as it's as it was previously known. <laughs> We're not going to be calling it that, TV. yeah. Um, but um, and, and the title of this review, uh, it's one of my favourites we've had for a long time. Uh, Al Scala reviewed it a couple of weeks ago. This film made me bang my head on the corner of my table. One out of ten. <laughs> After 60 minutes of awkward acting, a predictable narrative and jokes which didn't land, I got bored and went to the kitchen to make breakfast. Started watching this very early, I guess. Walking back into the lounge, I tripped and fell headfirst into the corner of my coffee table. The pain I endured was by far more enjoyable than watching this film. (laughs) Regretfully, I continued to watch the second half to see how it ended. It was so bad that I contemplated purposefully running headfirst into my coffee table in the hopes it might erase the two hours of my life I spent watching this so-called comedy. Don't waste your time. I mean, I'd advise against that sort of thing. I think it's only in cartoons that you lose your memory, uh, you know, conveniently by banging your head. I think um, it doesn't work as neatly as that. I think you could choose just to erase two hours. No,
1: um, s- s- sadly they robbed. That, that isn't necessarily un- completely untrue. That is, that story of falling into a, a, a table or a chair, whatever it was, is slightly funnier
0: in my eyes than a lot of the gags. So yeah. I didn't I didn't think it was funny enough, really. I, yeah. I think it was I tried to make too much comedy out of it being Icelandic and him playing this very overdone Icelandic character, which to me didn't... It just felt like Will Ferrell was sort of drifting into his role he's played before, almost. But I agree with you as well that it, it was just too long. It went on and on. And it, it really did annoy me that Pierce Brosnan was supposed to be about 85 and, and looked younger than me. It just sort of it didn't really didn't really work for me that he was supposed to be his father. Um, anyway, this this view is not universally held. Yeah. There's a 10 out of 10 review. There's plenty of 10 out of 10 reviews on IMDb. Kolbein Helgi. Apologise, Kolbein, if you're listening and I pronounced your name wrong. I think it's unlikely you're listening, but it's not impossible. Um, made a burly old Icelander weep and laugh. <laughs> This is one of the very few times I have felt such emotions while watching a film and watching a movie. Me and my girlfriend cried a few times and laughed a lot. Many people, not Icelanders, criticise this movie, saying that it's embarrassing for Icelanders and make us look stupid. Well, to tell you the truth, they got us, in my mind, pretty accurately. I made an account just to write this. Thanks from Iceland and have a good one. I'm surprised at that
1: because... I would have thought immediately upon starting this, oh, it's stupid Americans telling Icelanders what they're like, um, with the elves and all that kind of stuff. Um, but if that's, I think, from what I've read, there has been quite a positive response in Iceland, which is, which maybe says more about Iceland than it does about Will Ferrell's ability to um, endear people yeah. to him.
0: If a small-ish place gets major attention... It's, all, it's sort of seen as flattery and you, you forgive the fact they might not have got things exactly right because you're sort of a, a joy, enjoying that increased attention for a while. I mean, I, 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 whenever I see the Isle of Wight yeah. on television, yeah. I get very excited. Uh, the fact that they often get things a bit wrong, I just kind of accept that because <laughs> I'm so excited to see bits of the Isle of Wight on TV. I just let it go. What do they, what, what do they get wrong, Rob? What do they, what do they usually get wrong? There was a film called *Fragile*, which starred Callista Flockhart, and it was based on the Isle of Wight. Um, and it was about um, it was a horror film about children whose bones keep breaking. It is about as good as it sounds, to be honest. Um, and they, she arrived on a red funnel ferry, right? She was on board the ferry, and then she pulled up, um, and she got off the ferry and got onto the pier. Well, the problem is the the ferry doesn't arrive at the pier. There's a different ferry that arrives at that pier. Then she drove along that pier and ended up on a different road on the other side of the island and then ended up back where she'd started at the bottom of the pier, right? It, 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 this should have really annoyed me, but it didn't annoy me because it was nice scenery of the Isle of Wight and I accepted it. I, I wouldn't accept
1: that. If there was something happening in my local area, like if there was something happening in Bristol and I was just like, they haven't got it right. They've, they've mixed things up. I just would not... I wouldn't... No, I wouldn't be that generous,
0: I'm afraid. I am too proud of... But what if Callista... Fl- I, yeah, I see what you mean. I'm not that proud. I'm over it. I was just enjoying having a Hollywood star, TV star, uh, come to the island yeah. and, you know... Have you seen any Hollywood
1: stars while you've been there this time or not?
0: I mean... I mean, two or three, but barely worth mentioning. A lot of them had their heyday in the 90s. <laughs>
1: Right, okay. I mean, just, just just name one name, just a couple of names maybe, um, yeah, just someone.
0: I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw Elisha Cuthbert, who used to be in 24, um, in Ride, the other day. <laughs> and um, Alicia Silverstone, I saw um, in Cows. And Amy Smart, who was in the Road Trip film. Um, I saw... I saw is, her at Alan Bay come... on the chairlift. You make... <laughs> it's possible that I've it's <laughs> I like possible that, just that I've these... <laughs> mistaken them for other people who look a bit like them.
1: Right. Okay. It's okay. Possible. So you're ready to admit that. Okay, fair enough. <sighs> okay. Fair enough. Um, well, that that is that Eurovision Song Contest: The Story of Fire Saga. if we have we done it justice? Do you think?
0: It is, but you've missed out the key factor of the. Um, I think we've given it all the attention it deserves. What score do you think uh, it gets on average on IMDb? I can't imagine it's that high because I think there's some very
1: cynical people about Eurovision out there and very cynical people about Will Ferrell projects. Um, So I think I'm going to go for 5.9.
0: Not far off, 6.6. Right. So, yeah. I should point out I do love Eurovision as well. Probably like you, for a few years... I was a music snob. I mean, you still are a music snob. I've moved on a bit. <laughs> but for for a long time I was a, a real snob and was like, "Oh, this this music's rubbish. It's just pop music." And then I realized that that it's meant to be a big spectacle. It's meant to be a, a bit absurd and it's just a bit of fun.
1: Yeah. But that's it, but it's it's nice that there's this like cross-continent just bit of fun I mean it'd be nice if that happened on every continent I think like just you know Africa 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 vision uh, you know North America vision South America vision um, Australia vision oh no you can't do Australia vision because Australia's flipping in it aren't
0: they <laughs> that's
1: true <laughs> really bugs me They're in it <laughs>
0: yeah no, it, that's I mean it, you can stretch Europe to an extent can't you but that but, uh, Australia that's too much right let's move on to the second thing which we're looking at this time which is the new series of uh, rick and morty and here's a clip
1: rick we did it we, we got it hurry up morty get in Chachi!
0: Fuck Chachi morty. the smartest rick and is morty in the universe are back
1: uh, i'm not rated to climb something this sheer. look you're the guy that wanted an epic adventure i'm the guy with only one hover chair oh!
0: and things are pretty much the same
1: Rick and Morty season four. Um, so at the moment in the UK, there are five episodes on Netflix and there's another five more to come, I think at a later date. And they have already aired on the adult swim channel, presumably in the U S um, in May earlier this year. Um, so we haven't seen all of them. So we're only reviewing the first five, just to be clear. Um, and this is an adult animated science fiction sitcom. Um, it started in 2013, and this is the fourth season. Um, it originated from a short parody film of Back to the Future. So Rick and Morty, Doc and Marty. So uh, Rick Sanchez is uh, the sort of Doc Brownish character, but much more cynical, um, hard drinking, hard living. Um, very, very intelligent, almost godlike intelligence. Um, and Morty is his grandson, um, who is uh, very fretful and nervous and not sure of himself. And uh, yeah, and very, very well-meaning. So it's a sort of spin on the characters from. From that, um, so the, the created uh, it was created by Justin Roiland, who also voices Rick and Morty, so he does the, the two main voices, and Dan Dan Harmon, who is the, also the creator of Community, um, that sitcom that ran from two thousand and nine to two thousand and fifteen. Um, so it's 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 got such a cult cool reputation now. This show, um, that I was really excited to see it. To be honest, um, I hadn't really watched any of it before, and I'd heard so many good things about it. The voice cast. Um, in addition to the people I've already said, um, so Sarah Chalk from Scrubs, um, if you know who that is, um, is voices the mother, Beth. Um, you also have a, a number of other guest cast members in this season. So you've got Matthew Broderick, um, who played Ferris Bueller in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, as a talking cat. You've got ta- um, <coughs> Taika Watiti. Uh, fam- You're right,
0: right? Yeah, sorry. <coughs> <coughs> Don't worry, I'll I'll definitely ed- edit this <laughs> Excuse bit me.
1: out. So, you you'll to edit that out with you. Can we just let's just carry on. Uh, t- Taika
0: Waititi. I definitely won't. Uh, yes, but anyway,
1: carry on. <laughs> Taika Waititi um, as an alien. Uh, Taika Waititi is an New Zealand film director. You probably have heard of him. And Sam Neill, who's the guy from Jurassic Park, as a leader of a species trying to conquer Earth. So they managed to get a few celebrities, uh, famous people, in to do some voice acting, um, and they work really well. Um, I'm just going to read out what each episode is about. I won't read the plot in total, but I will tell you the general themes of each of these five episodes that I've seen so far. So, episode one uh, is about death crystals and cloning. Episode two is about pooing in private and an alien invasion. Episode three is a satire of heist films. Episode four is about slut dragons and the talking cat that I've already mentioned. Uh, Episode five is about being lighter than air and uh, time-travelling intelligent snakes. So, that might give you an indication of what this show is like. It goes so many different places in such a short space of time. I think a few episodes back we reviewed um, a kids' programme. It was the Captain Underpants programme, wasn't it? And we were... The epic it... tales of Captain Underpants. Indeed. So we, we, we reviewed that and we just said to each other, this is just too fast-moving, I can't follow it. Now, I wouldn't say that this is any slower-moving, uh, but somehow, because of the cynical humour, the the quick puns, the callbacks to things that have been mentioned maybe five minutes earlier, that if you are paying attention then become funny. Um, it's so brilliantly done. And I, I you know, you look, you look at the sort of recent history, and it is a recent history, there's not been much before it, of adult-orientated, as it were, uh, animation. You, look, you think about Simpsons, Family Guy, South Park, These kind of shows, which are these big mainstream hits, this is really is probably better than all of them, in my view, because even though The Simpsons is classic in its first few seasons, even though South Park really pushed the envelope in terms of what they were able to get away with, and even though Family Guy um, has so many visual and comic gags, this seems to roll all of that into one in a way that, for me, works Really perfectly. Um, And I've only watched those five episodes. I've watched a couple from the first season and maybe one or two from the other two. Um, I I didn't dislike any of the episodes. I could keep watching this until the cows come home. It's the combination of the fantastical, the science fiction, the playing on genre uh, sort of tropes. Um, But just the originality of the way that it's put together, I think, really does pay off and does make for a really, really entertaining watch.
0: I've got two questions for you, Rob. Yeah, go on. First question. When you say this is better than you listed various programmes, including the Simpsons, are you saying it's better than the Simpsons from kind of series three to nine when it was untouchably brilliant? Or are you saying it's better than the Simpsons now, which is not great?
1: Um, I don't even watch The Simpsons now. I mean, that's probably because I just don't really watch TV because I don't have time. But the point is that if I was watching The Simpsons, I know that it would be infinitely worse than this. And so, yes, I am saying that, yeah, I mean, series three tonight, series one and two, okay, yeah, okay, are brilliant. Absolutely. And probably are the best TV, you know, the best sort of entertainment TV and not dramatic TV, but entertaining or comedic TV. Um, But this this is up there with that. It's really that good um, in my view. Um, it's probably a little bit less good than that. Um, but I would also point out that apparently they have signed a contract with Adult Swim, um, Harman and what's... I've his name now. But the, the two creators, they've signed a contract for 70 new episodes. So they're already planning for the... 70? Yeah, seven zero. 0 um, I think that includes the ones that we're seeing now, These this from season four. Um, and it took them a really long time to negotiate, but they managed to do it because they've got so many ideas about what they want to do with the show. And you just think they pretty much seem to have done everything, but maybe there is more that could be done. But it's it's it's, it's so original, the, the way it's been imagine, imagined and put together. I mean, you know, we, I thought BoJack Horseman, when we watched that a few weeks ago, I thought that was really imaginatively put together, but that was a pretty straightforward sort of comedy drama in comparison to this. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm waxing, I know I'm um, egging, egging it on a bit, but, well, I, you know,
0: yeah, it's good. I, I think if I listened, like... But listen very carefully to what you said. You climbed down a little there and admitted that the classic Simpsons was better. Yes, but as At one point in there, I think you probably
1: did. But as a whole, Rob, if you look at the whole of The Simpsons compared to the whole of Rick and Morty so far, I would argue that the whole of Rick and Morty so far is probably better than the
0: whole of The Simpsons because of the. I think if you look at the whole of The Simpsons, then Holmes Under the Hammer is better. But I think if you (laughs) just look at the classic Simpsons. (laughs) I don't think that's true either. Okay. Some of the new. Simpsons I think you're joking there. Rubbish, absolute rubbish. Some of the new, some of the new ones are, are okay, but some of them are, are rubbish compared to the old stuff, which was unbearable, unbelievably brilliant, unbearably anyway, brilliant. Yeah. Uh, we're not talking about The Simpsons. We're talking about Rick and Morty. My other question for you: I watched quite a bit of the first series. I didn't watch the newest stuff because I am quite a sort of completist, and I can't cope with watching a later series if I haven't watched the earlier series. So could you give me some idea of how the quality of it compared, like, the earlier stuff, to what I don't, you watched some of the first series, some of the later series?
1: I don't think there's been that much difference. I I couldn't tell, I only did watch a couple of episodes from each season. I couldn't see an awful lot of difference in the quality of stuff. Um, I, I also couldn't tell any difference between the, um, the characters' relationships. I remember when I watched BoJack Horseman, I didn't quite get what was going on when I watched later episodes when I'd not watched earlier ones. But with this, it didn't seem like much had changed. And arguably, that is a strength for this kind of show. It shouldn't just be a serialised series of events uh, that continue throughout. And there can be a bit of a story arc, but there doesn't need to be, because each episode should in its own right be its own story and, uh, and be a good quality in and of itself. And I think they managed that. The five I watched in season four, absolutely, definitely they did. Um, I I need to go back and watch more of it,
0: frankly. Um, Yeah. Okay, for the purposes of balance, let's hear a 1 out of 10 review. Since this was so highly rated and acclaimed on IMDb, sorry, Cardiff IMDb, I thought I would give it a try. I really cannot figure out what this show has got going for it. I stuck with it for a while on the assumption that it had hidden depths, but I could not find them. Maybe I'm just shallow and I cannot see past the lazy animation, the grating vocalisation and the juvenile plotlines. I've watched most of the top 30 rated TV shows on IMDb and totally get why they deserve their nine point something ratings, but not this one. Well, I mean, it does.
1: I mean, with anything, it depends on what you like. And if you don't like it, subjectively, if you don't like um, a slightly... uh, bedraggled mad scientist um doing inventions and uh, going to different parts of the galaxy and then quickly getting away and then doing quick one-liners and and moaning then you probably won't like it but then if you do like those things then you will i mean it's it's as simple as that really um
0: it, it, that... 10 out of 10 yeah. the best this is this could have been written by you rob the best animated series made in the last decade 10 out of 10 Shows such as Futurama, The Simpsons and Archer were presumed to have set the bar for animated series in the modern era. With all due respect, Rick and Morty walked in with elements from all these great shows and simply decimated the competition. The writers have undoubtedly created a masterpiece, a true jewel among the current roster for similar shows. Every episode is a roller coaster and leaves you with laughs and thought-provoking concepts. The way in which they've intertwined the futuristic elements and family drama in such a coherent and enticing manner is no joke. I've watched episodes over and over again to see if they've lost any discernible flaws. No, sorry, to see if they have any discernible flaws. And I'm glad to say I've found none. The way they've set up the show allows limitless possibilities, and that's great news for the impatient fans like me, who cannot wait to see what they conjure up for the next season. Truly enjoyable, I recommend everyone give this a Show a try. That was Zaid Han on IMDb. Sorry, Cardiff IMDb. I need to get into the habit of saying that properly, girl. Uh,
1: well, you could. Or you, first of all, you might want to explain what Cardiff IMDb is. Can you just explain it a bit more for our listeners?
0: Well, that was the original name for it when they developed it in, in Wales. And then they dropped the Cardiff bit when they sold it to a big company.
1: Indeed, and why is that relevant to our listeners particularly, Rob? Do you want to explain where we met each other? Well,
0: we love Cardiff, don't we? <laughs> That's where we studied. Yes,
1: yes, indeed. That's where we met each other,
0: and fell in. No, no, it's no. Just... no. <laughs> <laughs> yes, fair enough. The, the um, I just take some sort of pride, some pride in that.
1: Yeah, I guess I do, but I've not been back to Cardiff, and I live very close to it, very much. So I need to go back a bit more because I do like Cardiff. But um, uh, yeah, but I think that that review. Uh, was pretty good. I thought that they. I don't know Archer. I'll be honest with you. Have you seen Archer at all? Uh,
0: no, I've heard of it. I've sort of seen seen it as a offering, but I've never watched it.
1: Well, where would you Where would you place these animated shows then? If you, I mean, I know you don't really like doing rankings and things like that, but if you had to place sort of a top three, what would you What would you put? Uh,
0: well, well, for me, the um, the peak Simpsons series that we mentioned is the absolute pinnacle. Yeah. They had such a combination of heart and humour um, and characters, character development, uh, that I, it was just uh, the best I can imagine, really. And part of that is nostalgia of when yeah. I was watching it and what age I was and all of that. But I think those ones still stand up really, really well. So I put that as the, the first. And nowadays, I really like, south Park South Park's gone the sort of opposite way of a lot of other series. South Park started with a lot of bum bum jokes mm. and and now has turned into quite a sharp satire which happens to be animated and sometimes I dislike episodes of South Park, but sometimes I really like episodes and it often it's it's quite a jarring program,
1: yeah um, yeah
0: because it's on the edge quite a lot. But, but I I really enjoy South Park now and then I don't know there's a third one I always liked Futurama I thought that was good um, I, I really enjoyed Family Guy at the start and then lost interest in that as it went on I felt that lost uh, a lot of what I liked about it in the yeah. early days probably the early Family Guy stuff I'd put as the third one
1: so I think I think I would i would probably put this top and then i'd put that simps well i put the simpsons and that on joint first the, the simpsons you're talking about the early ones joint first and then i'd put i'd probably put south park just under that partly because i've got connections with it because it's set in colorado near where my extended family are from so i kind of and, and also I, I i recognize so many of the I just think the the touchstones and the political satire within that show does something that the other shows don't do. They don't do that level of cultural critique That that is something that I value. So I think, yeah, I'd probably do it that
0: that way. Once, one day we'll do a whole episode, a very self-indulgent episode, on why The Simpsons isn't as good as it used to be.
1: We could. We'd have to actually watch some of the Modern Simpsons because I just don't watch it anymore. So, I mean, we could do that.
0: Yeah. It'd be be more work. It's quite an interesting comparison. Yeah. There's only 600 episodes or so, so it's fine. I'll give you another week or two to get through. Yeah. Right, the average score on IMDb, Rob, for Rick and Morty. Uh,
1: Well, I mean, I think you just said it. I mean, in that review, didn't they say that it was was nine or something? So I'm going to say 9.1. You're way
0: off. It's nine point two.
1: <laughs> really? Wow. Okay, so that is an incredible score. Really, that is an incredible. Even for a TV show, I'd say that's an incredible score, isn't it? Have we had what have we
0: had that's been? It is. Yeah. Been that high um, before? I can uh, Last Dance, the the Bulls documentary. That was up there. Yeah. And I've got a feeling that maybe like when they see us was very high. I can't remember. Um, yeah. I can't remember exactly what that scored, but that was. High-scoring one, and maybe like Bandersnatch, the so Black Mirror one was a very high-scoring one
1: yeah.
0: as well. Um, but yeah, they, I don't think you, you get much higher than that um, for a TV series. I mean, there obviously are a few that are slightly higher. I think Chernobyl is the highest-rated, but that's not on Netflix. So why do we care about that? Well, no, we don't, do we? Not at all. No. Um, right, the third one, third thing we're looking at this month. Is Old Guard. Is it the Old Guard or Old Guard? The, old, the way, old Guard. The Old Guard? Okay. Well, here's a clip of whatever it's called. Who are you? You can call me Andy. I lead a group of soldiers. Fighters like you. With an extremely rare skill set. What do you mean? Mother? Let's just say we're very hard to kill.
1: The Old Guard with a the. Um, This has got a tagline of Forever It's Harder Than It Looks, uh, which tells you something about the uh, immortality theme of uh, this film. It's a sort of superhero-y sort of fantasy sort of action film. Um, It's directed by Gina prince uh by the wood i think that's how you say a name as in by the wood uh or it might be by the wood i don't know anyway uh so she's a director who has directed films like love and basketball the secret life of bees and beyond the lights but hasn't really done this sort of action all-out action film like this um before um it's uh Adapted from and written by, um, the screenplay is written by the same person who did the comic book, uh, Greg Ducker, uh, which is an image comics book. So it's not one of uh, the MCU or the Marvel uh, comics series, which is uh, refreshing, considering how dominant those two um, franchises are. Um, so it stars Charlize, uh, Charlize Thron, um Matthias Schonartz, Kiki Lane, and uh, Chetwell Ojifor. And um, Charlize throne plays Andy, uh, which is short for Andromache of Scythia. Uh, And she effectively, and this isn't a spoiler, but it feels still slightly wrong to say it, even though that tagline exists and you might read a little synopsis. uh, She plays someone who is effectively an immortal. Uh, You find this out pretty soon into the film, so I don't think it is a spoiler. Um, I'd say this is a great action film. Um, I don't think it is any great. Uh, you know, uh, standard bearer, any kind of um, pioneering work. Um, but it, I think it has some interesting things to say um, about its themes, uh, about immortality and mortality, um, how we view our impact on the world if we have the perspective of history. And it also does those premises justice. I think it starts with a very simple premise, which is these people can't die. And, um, And it goes to various different places with that premise that you might not expect from this genre of film. And that makes it worthwhile, in my view. Um, There are no clunking, exposition-heavy sections. You don't get the sense that that is necessary because of the way that the screenplay uh, utilises flashbacks and utilises... Um, just subtler ways of explaining things. Um, the characters are really well drawn. Uh, the twists, I would say, are pretty unexpected. They're not easy to to sort of predict. Um, and without spoiling, um, it also has massive franchise potential because the way this is wrapped up this time provides um, the impetus for consequent stories. And I think uh, that is what has been sort of mooted. Charlize Theron herself has said that she would come back for sequels and stuff. Um, the thing that's been commented on a lot in reviews and uh, just generally is, is, is um, a particular relationship, which is um, a gay relationship, and um, the kiss that takes place in this relationship and that being a really groundbreaking moment in mainstream cinema um i can't say that i really thought it was i just thought okay that's two two men who love each other and so i think i found it quite weird that that was brought up quite a lot in the in the reviews of this film but i would say if you like um sort of action adventure if you like slightly twisty plots if you like a bit more sort of thinkiness, a bit more fantasy, a bit more speculation, um, then you will like this film. I think. Um, I think the performances are good. I don't think that there's really a weak performance. There's there's some pretty, you know, maybe shallow characterization in terms of the villains, but um, I think it's justified. I think that they they don't they don't any stage think that's just a little bit too. I mean it's all preposterous obviously because it's about people who are immortal but in terms of the believability and the suspension of disbelief you don't at any stage think oh that isn't the way someone might act Um, and so I really liked it and I was surprised I thought I was going to be 5 out of 10 most and it was a definite 7 out of 10 um, at least Uh, yeah so I recommend it and it's been a really good week actually if you think about those three films or three things that we reviewed this week um, there's there's not been too bad. I mean, maybe revision is the weak link, but you know it's been pretty good.
0: So I haven't seen this, Rob. Yeah. Um, for many reasons, but the main reason is that the sun's been shining a lot and I've been on the beach a lot. Um, but what I want to know, because this isn't naturally my sort of thing, I, I've sort of not bothered that much with comic book type films for a long time. I used to watch them many years ago and then they kind of came so quickly that I couldn't really keep up and so didn't watch any of them. So I have this rule, don't I? I'll watch something that's more than 7 out of 10 on IMDb. So let's start with your guess of whether it's above or below that.
1: Well, I must say it must be either (laughs) very slightly above or very slightly below. So I'm going to go for slightly below, actually, 6.9, let's say.
0: Uh, it scores 6.7, so legally right. I can't watch it, because it's it's not a rom-com, is it? Rom-coms I watch six and above, anything else has got to be seven.
1: I think you should make the exception for this one, because it's 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 got more... It's not really a comic book. I mean, I think that's a slight... It is based on a comic book, but it isn't within those big... Cinematic universes, and I think it doesn't feel like a superhero film. It feels more to me like an action adventure film with fantasy elements. But the fantasy elements are very grounded. They're not the, they're part obviously of the makeup of the story, but they're not the the driving necessarily the driving force behind it. Um, it's difficult to explain what I mean, but I, I genuinely think that that is a low score for this film. Um, for instance, take take uh, another film I saw this this year that was um, a seven out of ten. So the Invisible Man, starring Elizabeth Moss, very good, well put together film, excellently made, um, interesting themes. I would put it on a par with that, um, but I enjoyed it more. I'll be honest because of the nature of the film, it was more uh, you know beat them up, shoot them up kind of
0: thing, and that just appealed to me a little bit more. Well, let me tell you one person who disagrees with you. Uh, is Louis47618, who gave it 1 out of 10 on the Cardiff Internet Movie Database. (laughs) One of the worst films I've watched in 2020. Netflix really dropped the ball here. Terrible writing, terrible effects, terrible directing, terrible soundtrack, and so much more. Take out some of the prominent woke politics within the movie, and it's still a terrible movie. We were given little to no background on these amazing characters, which left me wondering why they even mentioned how old they are. The whole thing felt cheap and lacking in most places. I really am shocked it's receiving some high reviews, as I honestly thought about turning it off after 40 minutes. It's a very predictable story. Don't waste your time. I wish I hadn't.
1: Um, but I, I take great exception to the fact that this person thinks that woke politics is seeing people who... Uh, in a gay relationship i think that's a very strange reading of what woke politics is considering that's only a phenomenon that's come around in the last 10 years or so um, as an understanding so is he saying like 10 years ago if there was a gay relationship that would be woke politics when that's not it's not been labeled by then i, I don't understand what that means uh, the, the the fact that it says there's no background on the characters um there's quite a lot of backgrounds and frankly, you don't need a massive amount of background to understand. And and, and that's the point is these, it's a contemplation on what it's like to be someone who's lived for a very long time. And that's interesting, but you don't just say absolutely everything that's happened to that character. Cause that would be, as I said, in my review, that would be exposition heavy and pointless when you can give an understanding to the audience of what it is that they're going through. I don't want to go too far into that, because I do think it does um, err into spoilers about what eventually happens to these characters. Um, but, yeah, that's just a stupid review. I don't like it.
0: <laughs> Crumbs from. <laughs> it's not a very accepting thing to say. Well, it wasn't very accepting of that person, to start on that. My <laughs> God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, 10 out of 10 review. Yes. From M. Harris. I finally loved a comic book movie. Actually... I didn't even know it was a comic book movie. After all these years bashing the genre as being shallow, spoon-fed drivel, I find one that has actual worth. It has substance. This is one really well-made movie, and I find myself wanting more, much more. I can see this story going in numerous directions, towards the future and what could be, or to the past and what has been. Well, that's two directions, not numerous. Anyway, <laughs> uh, for those who say the story seems unreal, I say to you... Come on, you watch and enjoy movies about a guy who shoots spider webs from his wrist. This was so much more than that. Give it a chance. You may find that these are heroes you've had forever. They don't need a cape. You know
1: what? That's that does. That's a very good review. I, I mean, I I don't as share.
0: It's very good because you agree with well, it. Well, well,
1: I don't wholly agree with it. It's not a perfect film. This person gave it ten out of ten. I wouldn't give it ten out of ten. I do think that there's the flaws of the film. Are it's it's baddie is is very cartoonishly drawn and it does it does have a few bits you just think that's not quite gelling it doesn't quite work it's not perfect but in terms of um grasping what the film is about that was a very good review because it it got to the point of how much potential there is within this idea that's been set up and I, i hope this is intriguing you rob because if it isn't i don't know what i can do to help you um if i can be honest rob
0: I was thinking okay. about this. The combination of the IMDb score and and what I've heard, I don't think I'm going to like it. Oh no, you, you you
1: might like it. I mean, I think there's, I think it's, it does depend on what mood you're in. The beginning of the film, particularly, it does quite, it does grab hold of you and it does make you go, oh right, okay. Um, and if if you follow through with that and you keep an interest in it, I think you will find things that are rewarding in it.
0: So maybe I'll, I maybe I'll give it ten minutes. And if it's not grabbed me by the whatevers, then I give up at that point.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: I thought you'd be pleased. I thought that would be that's that's quite a sort of. uh, Okay. That's quite sort of uh, gracious of me, isn't it? Um. Yeah. No. It is gracious. It
1: is gracious. But um. Yeah. No. It is. It's a very gracious thing to do, Rob. I think. I think if you just watch ten minutes, and then don't find anything worthwhile, I will be surprised.
0: Okay. Well, thanks for watching it anyway, Rob. Um, Okay, Rob, well, it's been a a joy and a pleasure, but could you tell me what we're going to be looking at uh, next month?
1: Next month, we're going to do Dirty John, season two. Can you believe it? Yes. Uh, Friday Night Dinner, season five, and uh, The Peanut Butter Falcon, which is a Shia LaBeouf film.
0: I seem to recall that we joked about there being Dirty John, season two. I'm so, so I am intrigued as to what this is going to bring.
1: Yeah, I am as well. Yeah.
0: And I'm going, I'm going to read nothing about it in advance. I don't want any information about it.
1: And ignore all the trailers that are pop up on Netflix as well.
0: Yeah. I'm going to, yeah. I'm not going to watch any trailers. I'm not going to read anything. Good. And I'm just going to watch it blind. Best way to do it, I reckon. If you're going to watch something anyway, don't watch the trailers. Yes, yeah, my definitely. advice. Well, thanks, Rob. Uh, thanks so much. Thanks to nobody else. Um, but if you listened uh, a special thank you uh, to all three of you thank you yeah thanks bye bye